Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. It's me, the same person as always. I, I really need to get better at these introductions. It's only the 120-something episode. You'll get there. You'll get there. Uh, who are you? Oh, I'm just some guy who really, 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 really likes Smash Brothers and have gushed about it like twice now. Yell, yell, yell. Wow. <laughs> only only twice for all those reallys? <laughs> uh, y'all, y'all know me. It's Alfalfa the Roach. I w- was on the show and talked about Sonic Forces and how it's not as bad as people claim. Yeah, you talked about Sonic Forces. You talked about Night in the Woods. You talked about Kingdom Hearts a little bit. And now we're talking about Super Smash Brothers because I Why think not? you're kind of the token Super Smash Brothers guy <laughs> for for our entire friend group. I, I guess so. I guess so. I'm not, I'm not even that good at Smash Brothers, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> okay, well, first of all, you're all better than me. But you're you're perhaps the most reverent toward the series. That, that is true. That is true. I, I always like seeing what sma- what new edition can add to the series and how the inclusion of video game franchises can expand the the series overall and i, I just feel like there's n- there's nothing else like it in-, in all of video games but for all the good there's a lot of bad too there's i think someone in our friend group who kind of mentioned that he thought that smash brothers had created more bad than good what with all the rampant toxicity in the fan base at first i was just like always just being pessimistic and bitter like he always is about everything but then i started thinking more about it and i started seeing more examples like how players would just forego personal hygiene just to get more tournament time in and i thought you know he might Beyond something, at least. Yeah, there was a tw- there was and... a Twitter thread like last month, around the time when Byleth came out, that just went on, and be like, that that was just like, here here's the why why people don't like Framblem and Smash Brothers. I'm like, dude, come on. As it's like Fire Emblem, this Waluigi, that Sakurai, this body odor, that it's like there's just always something, and it's always incredibly mean spirited. Smash Brothers is one of the most toxic fan bases I've ever been associated with or bore witness to. And I know someone's going to be like, oh, well, they're not the only one, or, oh, well, at least it's not this one. It's like, that doesn't absolve them of all the crap they've done. Yeah, you, you can you can say, like, there there's some examples of good eggs in, in, any, in any fan base, but the reality is if a fan base is primarily known for being toxic, then that's usually a bad sign, like, right from the get-go. To some degree, I think I kind of get it because of all the hype. It's there, so that makes people's emotions run hotter than they would otherwise. It doesn't mean it's excusable, but I kind of understand how it got there to a degree. And the thing thing is, it's had, like, 22 around like 21 years at the to get to this point like you go back and look at the original smash brothers and that that felt more like like a project that was that was done in like a week with with a shoestring budget and only 12 characters and and people looked at it and were like oh that's neat that's all these different games that i played growing up and here they are fighting each other 
or and yeah, it wasn't until like melee when it really took off and became what it is today. Yeah, because because like the gameplay was was refined to a way where an actual like competitive scene sprung up around it. There all there was all these new character additions. Like you had some really good fan favorites, like like Mewtwo and Zelda. And even introduced some characters that no- nobody thought would would get in, like Marth or Mister Game and Watch. Yeah, because Mister Game and Watch wasn't even an actual character <laughs> at the time. Let it never be said that Sakurai can't reach deep and and like make something out of nothing. Super Smash Brothers Melee. I think that game and Mario Kart Double Dash are like single-handedly keeping GameCube controllers and CRT televisions alive. <laughs> Like, those things are on life support, if not for the cult fan base that those games have. Are you sure there's not so, there's some like secret underground facility that's secretly building CRTs to this day? Oh yeah, it's right there next to the underground monkey farms that the <laughs> Nathan Hot Dogs use for their gorilla meat. Yeah, yeah, the reverence for melee is unlike anything I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I like how you just said yeah to that uh, that obscure insane scenario i just proposed like there's nothing wrong with what i just said <laughs> like like you'd heard me talk about it before well you, you talk about a lot of things so i at this point i just kind of <laughs> nod my head and go yeah that might that might as well be something he talks about <laughs> <laughs> the man knows me <laughs> but but anyways you have melee and then you get to brawl and, and that's where i think the big paradigm shift for the fan base started to happen because first of all, like the the gameplay wasn't anywhere near as as fast as as melee. It was it was kind of like sl- slow and floaty, and in an effort to appeal to a wider audience more, and that just made the competitive audience go like, "What is this? I can't play it like melee." And then on the other side of the argument, you you had people who were noticing like, "Wait a second, not everyone is here. Where's Mewtwo and Roy? Where's the other clones?" Like. So you so you had all that going on as well, and it just kind of kind of fed into like man, for as for as great of a game Brawl is, people sure do like to complain about it. Yeah, it was with Brawl that the fan base became more divided. I I'd say that Melee made the series what it is, but it probably you know Brawl also had a hand in that. That's like, it's never been the same. There's always kind of that dichotomy now. Like, Smash 4 and Ultimate are a lot more universally accepted than Brawl was, but they're always in the shadow of Melee. I, for, I think Ultimate might actually start start to be overtaking Melee a little bit, just because I, I think it retains the, the fast pace of Melee while, while making it accessible for newcomers. Well, I wouldn't, cause I wouldn't really know that, but I just know that there are some people who will die still playing melee. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the me- the melee competitive scene is ever going away. And like, I don't really begrudge people who who play melee. Like, if you if you have a game that you hold near and dear to your heart and you want to see it thrive, then far be it for me to tell you to to stop doing that. You just keep doing you, pal. Yeah, that's fine if it's their favorite game. I just think it's a little almost scary even just how fervently it's persisted like this. Just the GameCube generation 
period, I think, because now that I think of it, there's Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Paper Mario fans still haven't gotten over that game. I mean, there, there hasn't really been a Paper Mario game with that exact style of gameplay since Thousand Year Door, so in, in, in some way I kind of see where they're coming from. Yeah, and Thousand Year Door is my favorite game, but I just kind of just kind of started to connect a few dots. Like, you know, besides all the games I've mentioned, there's also Kirby Air Ride. People really like specifically that one mode and then forget the rest of the game. I, I, but, I think Top Right is fine. I like it just fine. But it's kind of interesting how the GameCube generation has all these holy grails, these sacred cows. I wonder if it's because Nintendo's refused to re-release most of their GameCube library. Probably. Either that or they're, they've done the very slow process of remaking them for other systems. But but anyways, so so like after Brawl like ro- rocked the fan base for, for better or for worse, then we move on to Smash for 3DS and Wii U. And, and that was kind of the point where I was like, oh, like, oh, so, so like people are, are even more upset that other that other fan favorites are, are getting dropped because th- that game had no ice climbers no snake no wolf some of the pokemon tra- trainers pokemon were missing and and like instead of focusing on on the the roster that we got which i th- i think is a pretty incredible roster all things considered and like pe- people were still like very focused on the ones that we lost and and so even even when they had the uh whatchamacallit the smash ballot there were a lot of vote of people like trying to vote for the the for the veterans that were lo- were lost in the crossfire so you get the feeling that people are starting to get like really really attached to any part of the smash roster and and anyone that get and if any of them get cut it's like it's suddenly treated at us like a war crime or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'll do you one better. The fact that people only ever talk about the roster compared to like all the other things. Like I know items aren't allowed in 99% of tournaments, but I still think items are a very important avenue of series representation, as well as the stages, the music trophies and or stickers and spirits uh, but like you don't really hear anyone talk about that it's just all about the characters and that kind of upsets me a little i there was a recent alpha rev video on on like byleth and everything and the, and he he was talking about how zelda is perfectly represented through the items and i didn't actually consider that until he brought, brought that up but when you actually look at at the list of items, and you see all the Zelda items that are there, he actually makes a very good point. Yeah, I'd actually been meaning to watch that video, but... Uh, yeah, there's a lot more to Smash Brothers than just who's fighting. Like, it's always fun to see a character who's not known for fighting, like the villager or the Wii Fit trainer, but it doesn't always have to be fighting representation. I I really like some of the stages. I think... I think it was with Smash Brothers 4 when they brought in just, a, like, a good chunk of past stages that I was thinking, 
wow, they, they treat their stages a lot like they treat their characters. They like to bring those back, too. In Smash Brothers Ultimate, it's really telling mm-hmm. just how they tried to bring in almost every stage. We have every Earthbound stage and every Zelda stage that we've ever had all in this game, in Ultimate. Yeah, we, we kind of do. And, and like... Uh, speaking of ultimate, I th- I think that that was the moment that just like broke the the Smash community entirely because that first trailer dropped and it dropped the phrase "Everyone is here," which means every single character from every single Smash Brothers game is in there, which is an incredible feat. But I think contributed to a lot of pie in the sky expectations for this for the Smash Brothers fan base going forward, especially when yeah. especially when they put in long-time wanted characters like Ridley, K. Rule, Banjo, and Kazooie. Well, that was DLC. Yeah, but... Banjo. But you know what I mean. Yeah, there's... Oh, don't even get me started on that whole Grinch business. <laughs> yeah, that that thing bamboozled everyone, and to this day, I still think it's the most elaborate and well-crafted fake I've ever seen. But, uh... Yeah, I really like that Everyone Is Here trailer. Is just, not only do they pair that with Snake, r- immediately after they show Pichu as if to say, <laughs> we weren't joking. <laughs> and then they made Pichu good. Yeah, because the original plan in Melee was to make P- Pichu like a glass cannon, but then someone chickened out at the last second and, and made him really weak. So I think it's kind of a throwback to that idea. Oh, I thought they just made him just as a joke or something. <laughs> But, but yeah, so, so, like, after the Everyone Is Here trailer and after we started getting the big fan favorites, there, there's been a, a lot more, like, campaigns for other characters on so- social media platforms. Like, like d- during the initial pre- presentation, when, when Waluigi was revealed in the Sis Trophy, people got super upset, and I, I think to this day are still campaigning for him to be put, put into the game as a playable character despite the fact that he's already an assist trophy, so, like... Um, I don't think it's impossible for him. I, I, don't think it's Im- but, I don't think it's impossible, I just think it's very, very unlikely, considering how he's represented in the game right now. Uh, they could just program it so the Waluigi assist can't appear when he's in a fight, but... Because they, they do certain things with the assist trophies, like Alucard can't appear on the Wii Fit stage, because... They don't want to give him a reflection. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do kind of do that. I always thought that was neat. I, I guess it might be a little broken if you take Waluigi into a spirit battle where a Waluigi assist would be summoned, but... You know what? We have two Croms. <laughs> I think we'll be fine. Yeah, they did not... They didn't bother to change Robin's final smash at all, so, like, yeah. We, we could totally have two Waluigis if we wanted. Incidentally, I I, I kind of keep forgetting Crom is there. I like Crom, <laughs> but I just I just kind of keep forgetting. Oh yeah, he's in the game now. Yeah. I I good for I, you, Crom. I, I, I ought to use Crom more because I actually really like playing as him. Yeah, I always I always kind of like Roy more than Marth. So, uh, going a bit back to like the the, the culture around Smash Bros, it's just really. It is practically an its own distinct culture. Like, there'll just be all this pomp and circumstance surrounding 
all these players who I've never heard of with all these ridiculous usernames that don't make any sense. Like, they have their own award show now, Alf. I I just thought, maybe this is kind of like my Midwestern old-fashioned upbringing or something, but I just thought, guys, it's a video game. Why do you need an award show for this? I I think part of the reason for that is because Nintendo is probably one of the few companies with a fighting game franchise that they don't directly sponsor themselves. Like, the the entire Smash Smash competitive community is all grassroots, so they've been kind of, like, doing the work to, like... have all the things that get you know if, if they... get all the same clout and credence yeah like they they see they see like the Capcom Cup or the the Dragon Ball World Tours and and they're like man why doesn't Nintendo give us any of that you know and on some level I kind of get it because like on, on the one hand Nintendo d- doesn't really want to want to pay lip service to the entire competitive community because they want to market it to to everyone on the planet still as a as like a party game but but on the other hand like this the competitive community has been doing this for close to 20 years so i i think it would at least be neat if nintendo would would acknowledge that part of the fan base a little more i mean they do in the gameplay but i guess you mean more in a yeah. social aspect yeah, which... yeah is fair, it's just, since I'm so far removed from that side of Smash Brothers, I just see it out of nowhere, I'm like, whoa, what's all this? Why are we all like this all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, it, it can get kind of disorienting. And all the jargon that gets thrown around, it's just like, they're, they're speaking another language. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not unique to Smash Brothers, it's just like fighting game terms in general, but it's like, mm-hmm. like oh yeah, you just performed a Tony McButterflip over on. It's like, what did you just say? What was? What did you just call that attack? I think I have. To, I, I think I'll have to include Tony McButterflip in my vo- vocabulary from now on. <laughs> I, I just combined like three different fake Smash Brothers terms, and I, I couldn't commit to saying one. Like, that, just the sheer reverence for the Smash Brothers community it has for itself. I, I was on a forum one time in my formative internet years, just hanging around on GameFAQs and stuff, and someone was kind of explaining how the how the fan base really took off the ground, and they described the Melee community in its infancy as if it was the Roman Empire or something. It's like, like, like literally, okay, maybe not literally, because I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but they were saying stuff like, like, bonds were forged, an unforgettable brotherhood between players. Like, that was the actual, like, effect they were going for with their phrasing and stuff. And I was just like, Dude, you're all just playing a fighting game with each other. I, I mean, I, I mean, I get it. Lot, lots of friendships are forged through, through like. Kind of, kind of, I, I know, but they just again they described it like it was the Roman Empire or something. <laughs> like it was a meeting of the greatest minds. <laughs> all, all, like I don't talk about any of my friends like that. All, all, all of the great Smash players from throughout the, the ages combined forces, and. and they all for, they all formed a secret cabal in, in order to talk about this game that wouldn't be that wouldn't see the light of day for another couple thousand years. 
Yeah, it's it's like like Pythagoras going to that secret club that he went to to talk about math. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I I'd like to continue continue uh, t- talking about this, but I I don't have a lot of time today, unfortunately. I've I've kind of got places to be. So, is there any kind of like bottom line statement that you have about any of this? Because I I just kind of wanted to like talk about the smash brothers fan base it's very interesting subject that i don't really get to talk about much what what i have to say is really more in a a broad and broad sense but but like fan base culture can be like really stressful sometimes and if you find yourself in a place where the you're uncomfortable being in that fan base that should probably be a, a sign that you should step away from it and clear your head head a little bit yeah, that's definitely some words of wisdom. I was, like, extremely stressed out during the Wii U 3DS wait on, like, GameFAQs. I would just get into a lot of arguments and stuff because I had to be right. I had to prove them wrong. They were stupid. They needed to know they were stupid. And I just look back at that and go, what was wrong with me? <laughs> like... Me and the boundary break guy, like we were both on the forums at those times, and we got into a couple arguments before he hit it off, and then we never really saw each other again. Oh, I, I didn't even know you interacted with the boundary break guy. That's really interesting. Well, that was before he was uh, the boundary break guy. Maybe you should drop him a DM and say, "Hey, hey, remember me from GameFAQs? We should, we sh- you should be on my show, so so I can so I can get you some <laughs> internet clout." <laughs> as that one senpai noticed me <laughs> as the. As that one guy, that boundary break, break guy, talked to on GameFAQs. <laughs> yes, that's, that's clearly the the. But but yeah, uh, yeah try, try to find a community that will at least be level headed with what they talk about, and I think you'll be good good to go. Yeah, it's it's a little, un it's a little like irritating if because. For better or worse, it's the competitive people who stick around. Like, go to the Smash Brothers subreddit. There's a lot less conversation and a lot more combo clips and stuff. That If you're not into that kind of stuff, then it gets a little harder to find a space. But it's it's still fun to talk about the series and stuff every once in a while in a more general sense. Mm-hmm. Alright, well... You said you're busy, so I won't keep you much longer. Thanks for appearing on the show. Oh, not a problem. Thanks for having me. It was a fun. It was a ton of fun as always. I right, thank you. Do you have any plugs that you want to make? Uh, if anyone wants to re- read some things that I write, I've got a Patreon. It's Al- Alfalfa the Roach. I'll. I'll. Try try to write. I haven't been writing lately because I've been getting slammed with overtime work. But uh, I promise I'll get back to it soon. So just if anyone wants to t- donate some money to a to a writer, just like overtime. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, if you want to keep up with me and whatever I'm rambling about in various weeks, just follow the Bitcast on Twitter. Uh, it's the 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 account name is just the same. It's the Bitcast. It's, if if you see the logo on Podcast One, that's also my Twitter profile. So you'll you'll know it when you see it. I, I say that every time. Basically, it kind of loses its meaning. But yeah, and the, and 
Gotta mm-hmm. listen to those bits. Yeah. It's on Podcast One's website, the mobile app. The episodes are even on iTunes or whatever the equivalent is these days. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. See you around, kiddos. Listen to BitCast anytime on PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app.